Nothing in nature is rushed, yet everything comes out perfect. Lao Tzu. Good day, good night, good evening, wherever you are in the world. This is another Purpose Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Taylor. Today, family, I'd like to talk about one of, if not the, greatest weakness in us all. We hear it all the time in all of the passages of all of the ancient books and scrolls since the beginning of time. We heard it in school. We hear it in songs. We even hear it from the entrepreneurs and the millionaires and billionaires that have these talks and lectures and workshops. And in my personal life, it tends to be a reoccurring theme, but in different ways. If I can think back to when I started my entrepreneurial journey in 2010, I had just got back from Atlanta, Georgia after spending um, 4th of July there with some friends. And being from a small town of Nashville, Tennessee, Atlanta seemed like Saudi Arabia to me. I had never seen that many black and brown people thriving. I had never seen that many buildings. I had never seen those types of cars or felt that type of energy. And the best part of it all was that it was young people like me in that ecosystem, living that life. I'll never forget when I got back to Nashville, how small my room in my mom's house felt. How little my car looked in the driveway (laughs) and just how normal things seemed to be when I compared them to Atlanta. I remember telling myself, wow, I can't wait to go back. It wasn't too long after that that a best friend, the best friend in my life, send me a link to a video The video was a speaker by the name of Earl Nightingale, very, 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 very ancient self-development coach. And Earl Nightingale was speaking about the strangest secret on earth. And in this message, he spoke about how men don't apply themselves, how life is all about your thoughts, and how if you don't believe him, test his theory by simply thinking of one thing for 30 days. Of course, you had to write the goal down and you had to believe that it could be done. Well, in a perfect world, I'd like to say that I listened to this message immediately. However, I'm just like you. I procrastinated at that time. So it took me a couple of months. But when I did finally listen, for some reason at 2 a.m. on that Thursday night in the middle of the summer, it clicked. And I took him up on that challenge. And I remember making my goal. At that time, it was very simple. I want to move to Atlanta. And it's as if... Saying those words out loud unlocked a part of my brain that I had not used up until that moment. My entrepreneurial brain, the brain we all use to get things done when things seem impossible. Because upon me saying that, I instantly thought about, well, how much would it cost for me to do so? I had never once considered costs. I was only interested in the achievement, but not the process. And that was big for me at that age. So, I began to write down things like, how much is rent in Atlanta? How much money 
would food take or cost monthly? How much would I be spending on transportation? How, how much for this? How much for that? And I eventually came to some numbers that looked pretty impossible. However, since I was tapping to this brain, instead of looking at the numbers and me calling it quits there, I then below that wrote out how I would be able to achieve those numbers. And it's amazing because up until that moment, I had never been able to figure out how I was even going to get out of my mom's house. I mean, at 22 years old, how was I going to be able to take care of myself and do for me? Clearly, I couldn't just work all the time. And if I could, I mean, how would I get a job that would pay enough for me to experience the world? But in that moment, I was not thinking that way. I was thinking creatively. So I said, if it costs me this much amount of money to move and to sustain, then I need to save this amount of money before I do so. And out of nowhere, I got the genius idea to get a second job. And it's as if that unlocked another door. And I said, well, why stop there? Why not get three jobs? I mean, I don't have anything else to do this summer but work. What if I worked around the clock? Matter of fact, what if I worked every day, all day, all summer? Then how much money would I have? It was like a light switch had gone off in my brain. And I began to pursue the goal with a plan which is something I had not done. I had not done that in high school. I had not done that in college. I actually dropped out of college because I entered college without a plan. I was a music major and I fell out of love with music and I didn't have a plan B. Nonetheless, it was the hardest summer I had ever worked and I loved it. I felt that I had a personal mission I was attempting, a, a passion within me that nothing could take from me and everyone saw it. It was a difference in me. I stopped going out as much. As a matter of fact, instead of going out to party, I worked for a radio station at night and I took pictures of the party. It was genius. Then early in the morning, I worked at a spa at the front desk, sharpening my skills, talking to people. I didn't know it at that time, but those would be certain skills I would lean on later in life. In midday, when I would normally just hang out or go home and take a nap, I had a midday job where I was working at a call center. It's funny because at the call center, since I had a purpose, since I had a passion, since I wanted to do something else outside of work, I stood out. And it was no time before everyone knew what my goal was, to move to Atlanta. So interestingly enough, during that summer, I saved more money in three months than I had literally six or seven years of working. First job was at 14, I was mowing lawns in the neighborhood. It not only impressed me, it inspired me to think bigger and do more. So nonetheless, as the months and the days accrued, I eventually made it to the end of the summer and I told my mother I'm moving to Atlanta. Now, when she first heard me say that earlier that year, she said, okay, that's great. She didn't think it would be so soon, but then at the end of the summer, I told her, no, I'm really moving. Here's what I've saved and here's what I'm gonna do. And that's when it began to be real. Now, moving to Atlanta, I remember thinking, I just want to be the best personal trainer I could be. I just want to be number one trainer in Atlanta. I didn't even know what that looked like, but I knew in my mind, if I were to be a trainer in Atlanta, this is how I would want it to be. So I developed this vision, this image, this energy of what that person would be like. And I, I met that image with all of my might in the physical form with how I carried myself, how I spoke, how I talked. And I began that journey. 
And this was in 2010. That journey of figuring things out, that journey of trying new things, that journey of being in a new place, that journey of developing as a young person, that journey of balancing my ambition and practicality and my logical mind and my spirit, that journey of doubt, that journey of fear, that journey of defeat. I mean, I ran out of money in no time when I was there. Eventually, I had to find a Craigslist deal online and at the same time, I lost my car. It burned out on me, 300,000 miles. So I began to walk places, and it was a different energy. However, I didn't let it affect what I was building. I had clients at that time that never knew how bad things were. They just knew I was young and ambitious and wanted to help them. So that worked for me then. I suppose in a city where everyone was claiming to be something they weren't, I was the only one that was standing in my truth. And when you stand in your truth, people are more willing to help you. I believe sometimes our pride can stop us from our blessings. But when you are who you say you are every day, you allow people to find you, and give you things that you need. And it was, it was a very, very moving summer, but it didn't last long. I was staying in a crappy place with people who didn't even speak English. I believe the rent was $400 a month for everything. I was always short. At the same time, I was mentoring others, not by trade, but... They simply saw me not living in Tennessee anymore and deemed me a success. So they would come to Atlanta and crash on the floor and we would brainstorm about what we were going to do later in life all night. And, you know, looking back, I would I would say those were some of the best years in my life, given that things weren't as always bright and sunny, just the pure ambition that ran through our veins that still runs through mine today, unfortunately, has left many others I would say that was the greatest feeling it was free it was free we were free to think free to dream free to be so I moved past those years because in time I realized if I was going to be this trainer I was going to have to do things differently and I eventually met someone at a part-time job I was working at a gym and this person saw something in me that no one else did and our conversations turned into plans and before you know it I was convincing her to become my pseudo manager she was still in school at the time and I told her you know I train you for free if you just answer emails for me and speak to the world on my behalf and enable me to flourish she applied her administrative mind and we grew we grew really like Jerry Maguire I mean it was it was me and her against the world and we eventually uh, moved in together and same deal didn't have much to offer but my mind and my passion, so she allowed me to sleep on a blow-up mattress in her living room while her and her cousin occupied the other two rooms, and we continued the brand, growing it from just something I was doing on the side to something I was doing in person to something I was now doing under an LLC to something I was now doing for the whole city of Atlanta in different capacities. And to think that me moving to Atlanta was sparked by an idea of me moving to Atlanta. And the business that I now had with someone else was actually a blog prior to me moving to Atlanta. So all of these things built and and built and built. And in time, you accomplish things because success leaves clues. So in my spare time, I was always reading about more people more successful than me. More, More ideas were coming into my mind about what I could do and who I was and Years and years and years later, 
consistently being that vision of a successful trainer, consistently aspiring to be the best trainer everyone anyone has ever had, consistently dealing with the the backlash of making a mistake or misjudging a person's character or even my own and growing in those moments, never losing my enthusiasm, but wanting to learn and wanting to learn and wanting to learn and getting better and developing a brand and developing a logo and eventually saving up enough money to, to have a studio because the apartment we were using was beginning to be overcrowded because instead of 10 people coming to my boot camp, I had 50 and getting into social media and getting into Twitter and never judging myself, never judging myself, never judging myself but allowing myself to fully express who I was at that time by tweeting all day and finally going from BlackBerry to iPhone and realizing like, wow, I can access all of my components of my company from my email to my Twitter to this new thing called Instagram all from this iPod that is actually a phone because it can text message, you know, growing, building, continuing to build continuing to grow, continuing to fail, continuing to achieve, beginning to travel more and see the world and develop who I really thought I was, which would always be challenged into who I really thought I was, which would always be challenged. And eventually coming full circle after years of that, after years of that, after milestones, after movements, after the whole city received me, after the whole state recognized me after the country began to praise me coming full circle to what do I want to do now I remember sitting in China on a rooftop in 2015 meditating and it still was amazing to me that I had made it that far I mean The last five years had included going from working people out for free and losing everything and continuing to keep my enthusiasm for serving, walking to clients, sleeping in a crappy Craigslist find, going to the grocery store with change, sometimes even sleeping at the park just because it would be easier and faster for me to meet my client there, to having the opportunity to meet someone who believed in what I wanted like I did and was fearless just like me, even was in the Navy, so had always considered her a little more fearless than me. And us tag teaming on a whole market and never allowing the market to tell us what we should do, but doing what we wanted to do, doing what we felt was right. Going from having 10 clients to over 100, going from missing meals to making six figures in one year and traveling and renting convertibles everywhere we went to having radio shows want to bring me in to having magazines want to write about me to having athletes want to hire me to having those same athletes take me around the world with them to having celebrities presuppose that if they're not training with me they're not training to having my own brand my own mantra to then having felt that I had done what I had intended to do. Not many people make it to that point. Life after the goal is accomplished. Not many people make it to that point. Not many people are fortunate enough to see something all the way through to the other side where there's silence, right? Because when you're building it, you're in it. 
you really don't get to witness it until it's over. Take the athlete who has a Hall of Fame career. It's not until he retires can he really appreciate the fruit of his labor. Can he really even think of how amazing the journey has been? That's where the emotions come from. They finally catch up with you. And it caught up with me. I remember sitting on that building in China. I was there working with an athlete, Yelena Lachenka, one of the greatest humans I've ever met. And it was on that building that all the emotions began to come. I believe part of it was sorrow. Because no matter how much I tried to tell myself, I knew that I had to accept the fact that I was outgrowing where I was. And it was because I had did everything I had set out to do. I think when I set those goals for myself, I could see myself accomplishing them, but I didn't see myself after I accomplished them. I thought I would stay in a suspended state of fulfillment. However, I had surpassed that. And I also began to realize over the last year, it was beginning to show. The enthusiasm wasn't there as it was. It was there for me, but when it came to what was next, I just didn't want to think that far down the line. And my business partner could see it too. So in that moment, I began to think, well, what is next for me? And what do I want to do? And what could I be if I applied the same thing that the last six years have shown me into the next six years? So I meditated. I remember it was the longest I had ever meditated in my life. Now, granted, it was a 21 hour flight to get there and I did some meditating. However, this was not a flight. I was not stuck to a seat on a plane moving through the sky. I was on a building. And I was able to just sit. And I remember when I closed my eyes, my son was right behind me. I opened my eyes, the sun, my son, as I say, was down. It had been a few hours, and I was still enough to see a lot in that vision. I remember seeing myself leading a people. I saw myself in international affairs and waters. I saw myself doing more for the world than I was for myself, which was big to me, because a lot of the things that I had did to that point were serving my only goal which was to be the number one trainer in Atlanta (laughs) what I also saw was me around new people a new environment and I immediately felt the shift of emotions from inspiration to sadness because that means I had to say bye bye to a lot of things I had grown accustomed to so it was in that moment that I accepted the fact that I was more than a trainer And I was more than Corey. That I was all things. And that the next step for me would be to allow God to use me in all of his endeavors. And the audacity to step out of your plans into God's plan takes courage. Because if you know God, you know that that means you may go through a whole nother cycle (laughs) of lack. You may go through a whole nother cycle of identity, meaning you will, like Moses, drop your rod and pick up the rod. Or like Paul, you will change your name forever. So that was in 2015. And from 2015 to 2019, it was a journey. And I remember around 2017, after I had already made the announcement of what I want to do with my life, it was a grandiose 
moment for me, almost like LeBron in the decision. You know, I made a post online that I was moving to LA. I had just got back and it was a great experience and I felt that this was next for me. And although a lot of clients did not like that, they knew as a man, as a young man, who had inspired them by being the young, ambitious, fearless man that I was, that there was nothing that was gonna stop me and that this was something that was very special because perhaps I do exactly what I say I'm going to do. It involves helping people and it's a beautiful thing. And I remember thinking that it was just going to be like Atlanta. I would just make a plan. I would would sell all of my things. I would minimize my life. At that point, I was really into minimalism and meditation. And I was beginning that spiritual journey of less is more. So I sold my car. I had a Jaguar at the time. I let it go. I figured that God would give it back to me. And, you know, I figured the brand would hold me up. I would just put a flag down and I would be able to continue onward and things would happen. And, you know, I couldn't have been more wrong. (laughs) I couch surf in LA for a year before I really built a system of any sort. Luckily, I had built such a brand that the clients who were utilizing me knew enough of me to know that regardless of my circumstances, I was going to give them what others couldn't. I mean, my my passion and my intelligence when it came to the body and how to change it and how to motivate you, it spoke for itself. Luckily for social media, it always spoke for itself because those videos and pictures remained. So God blessed me with enough to do what I needed to do. And I had so much help along the way. So much help, so much love from people who saw what was in me and wanted to be there for me. And I can't say that I was the best to everyone who came around. I can't say that I was reciprocating every favor done for me. I can't say that at that time I was using my best thinking, as we all are. Even in this moment, we are using our best thinking. If we thought better, we do better. But what I can say is I was present. I experienced every day of the last few years in LA and every night. And over time, I began to see clear what I was wanting to do there. Because when I moved there, the goal was just to be there. And when I got there, I had to choose what I wanted to do when I was there. And it wasn't going to be the same thing in Atlanta. Even though that's something my manager wanted, even though that's something people wanted from me, I I couldn't fake it. And I knew that maybe I would return to training again, but it would perhaps be in a different capacity, that maybe this time I needed to be connected to a deeper me to pull it off. And that's what I told myself I was doing, was developing. So if you listen to prior episodes, you knew I found a foundation. This foundation was called the Fate Foundation, PH8. Clean Water Foundation that really fundraises for other NGOs and other places to collectively accomplish the common good of meeting human needs. So I saw these crazy photos of them in Cambodia and Ghana, and I saw this cool guy named Gordon who was seemed to be the face of the organization. And I, you know, I just wanted to meet them. I wanted to be a part of that. I knew that My last life was all about leading others in fitness and health, but this looked amazing. I mean, this was traveling. This was so much bigger than the gym that I wanted to be a part of that. And he only took a few conversations on Instagram. And when I moved to L.A., he told me to find him, and I did. And I immediately got to work, and I immediately started serving. And during those years of couch surfing and serving with the Faith Foundation and developing these skills that later would be needed, the leadership and intensity and also honing in on the skills that I had mastered in Atlanta, bringing people together. You know, I was great 
during that season with fate. And I was beginning to become more clear about what I wanted to do. Who I wanted to be. You know, because as soon as you figure that out, it always changes. You're never going to hit a point where you're there. It's a journey there. So if I may, I want to read you an entry from my journal. Now, this was June 13th, 2018. I'm sorry, 2000 and wow. Yeah, 2018. And here's how the journal starts. My story begins in the middle. I'm about two hours into my return to LA from an eight day, one way experience in Mexico. This is the longest I've ever been away from clients and brand building efforts since my first mission trip to Cambodia last fall. As I sit in the chair in my girlfriend's apartment, two things come to my mind. A, wow. What a life I live. To be able to be on an eight-day gallivant through Mexico over the course of three resorts, ending in a two-day stay at a bohemian-style, eco-friendly hidden community with wood everything, new moon parties, and the ocean feet from our hut. And B, I need to do better. I'm at least $300 negative in my account. I have no money coming in, and it's a brand new week. I have nothing but $2.75 to my name. I wrote, how can I be so high up in favor, resources, experiences, and be so low on funding, security, disposable income? It's like I know the secret the masses want to know, and they the same, vice versa. It was on this day that I knew I needed to do something different. I had spent the last near decade pouring into the world through health and fitness, inspiration, motivation, and yet failed to miss the connecting point of what to do with that. I had become the cliche starving artist who is rich with experience and exposure, but poor in practice, finance, and economic freedom. So then I asked myself, am I truly free? And that's where this chapter begins. So that's a journal entry. Clearly, I'm transparent when I write to myself. That's big for me, for me to be honest when I'm talking to myself and to you. So I knew two things. I knew, one, I wanted to continue to travel. And two, I wanted to be able to serve while I traveled in my capacity. By motivating, by inspiring. By being used to inspire people and nations to do more, as I used to do simply for the gym. I took some time to figure out what that would look like. I took some time to figure out what that would look like. And I came to the realization that perhaps, perhaps there was something about philanthropy that I was connecting to. Perhaps there was something about the fulfillment of doing things that were bigger than what I'd ever done. That perhaps there was more to life than making money. But how do you make money if you need money to live? And you guys, it was a whole paradigm shift of how I looked at business, how I looked at 
commerce. And, you know, a few pages later, I really start to dissect what it is that I need. I'll, I'll, I'll read you an excerpt from the next few pages. I said, but think about it. What's better? Exploring parts unknown as a hobby and struggling in business to build clientele of a certain culture, mindset, income, or creating a business around the hobby. Therefore, tying in both markets. I put the next part of my story won't be written in Hollywood. It's truly about God and her favor. So I read you this and I tell you that as I sit in Southeast Asia on my back, feet crossed, looking at the trees. I'm building a program now for a foundation that could change the entire country. It's going to help a lot of people. And if done right, it can be scaled and help other countries. I'm also curating a lot of retreats around mindfulness that have more to do with how people see me living my life and how they want to live than it does anything I've ever said, any rant I've ever made. At the same time, I'm to be in a few other countries over the next few months solely to discover what's there so that I may create a way for others to connect to those particular places. And all of these are in a line with my legacy and my business. I'm embarking in a new space, shall I say, where I'm able to serve and receive the full value of my service. I'm able to see the world while I still secure my foundation as a man, as someone who will eventually have a family, as someone who wants to have stability. So I'm escaping the starving artist stage and I'm embarking on the true philanthropic stage, but not like Gates. You know, I haven't made billions and now I'm giving back. I'm, I'm giving back as I'm getting good at what I'm doing. And it's beginning to change my mind. And so I tell you that at this point in 2019, I'm just now finally doing what I wanted to do when I grow up. I'm just now becoming what I wanted to be by moving to L.A. I'm just now living how I truly desire to live when I thought about my life on that rooftop in China. I'm just now becoming the man that I figured I could be if I applied myself like I did those few months in Tennessee. Nine years of discovery. So let's go back to the initial statement that began today's podcast on the biggest weakness that I feel everyone struggles with. The biggest obstacle, the one thing all the books tell you about, all the speakers talk about, all of the quotes pertain to. The one thing that for me, I finally learned to love, not to loathe and not to fear, but to use as a tool in relationships, in business, in my lock journey. <laughs> that thing is time. 
and the virtue is patience. And at 32, I've come to the conclusion that time is our greatest commodity. Not only our most precious resource, but our sharpest tool. Because time, time has gotten me where I want it to be. The goal was made, but it took time to develop. Who knew the goal itself would transmute into an identity of who I am? Who knew that time itself would be the factor in how I got so far from home? Who knew time was the one thing that which I could not control, I could impact with choice? So when the Bible says patience is a virtue and if a man has patience, he can have anything he wants. We look over that and say, oh, that's nice. But if you really look at anybody who is anywhere that you want to be doing anything that you want to do and you really take the time to sit and analyze the journey that they were on to get there the many people that they had to become to be able to do what they were doing in those seasons of their life. You begin to realize a commonality. It was time that compounded, that created, that they drove to who and where they are. And that family is the one thing that I never knew was on my side that I now know makes most people judge where they are. I challenge you today to stop overestimating you and to never again underestimate the power of time. Perhaps you are still destined to be that thing you wish to be. You just aren't there yet. Perhaps everything you say you wanted is to be yours. It just isn't yours yet. So what do we do then? What do we do when we accept that delay doesn't mean denied? What do we do? You know what you do. You do what I've done these last nine years. You do what I'm doing right now in this moment. This is right before I turn the page in my life. This is right before these things happen. And I go from one to the next. I go from Corey to Cody, which is what they call me here. I go from coach to director. I go from ambassador to diplomat. This is right before that happens. This is right before that happens. You do exactly what I'm doing, family. You be present. Because there were things that were happening. There are things that are happening that are developing who I am. Because I don't want to get there and the there not be in me. You be present with where you are. And you learn from where you are. And you grow from where you are. And you invest into where you are. And you be authentic into where you are. One thing I can say as I look back is a lot of people aren't where they are. Because they are telling themselves they are somewhere they're not. And because of that, they're not getting the things that they could get from those present situations and circumstances. When I was a starving artist, I owned it. 
As an entrepreneur, I own it. As a philanthropist, I own it. I don't live a life that's not mine. Well below my means, I live. I speak only on things I know. And I'm constantly wanting to learn and grow because of the obligation and responsibility God bestows. Time. Time was my tool. Time has gotten me this far. And patience was the first thing I learned, the only thing I wished for, and now one of my greatest strengths. It doesn't matter what I'm doing now at 32. What matters is what I want to become in my mind. And I'm okay with this thing of mine taking my entire lifetime. I challenge you to look at your short-term goals as life journeys. And when the pressure removes itself, use that freedom wisely. I implore you to be patient and in that patience, be developing. I promise every day that God gives you, there's more to learn. And when the day comes that you pray for, you'll be ready. If you never lost sight of the fact that it was always coming because you accepted in this moment that things take time and that's a good thing. Nothing in nature is rushed, yet everything turns out perfect. Take your time to replay this message there will be more. Until we meet again, I am Corey Taylor. Follow me on Instagram at I am Corey Taylor. Support my humanitarian and philanthropic endeavors by donating through the link in my bio on Instagram. I'll see you next time. This was a Purpose Podcast. Shalom.